0: Welcome to the Digital from Day One podcast. Our aim is to build a bridge by creating content that will pique interest, spark conversations, and encourage further innovations that will ultimately build a more informed and prepared pipeline of learners headed for the 21st century workforce. Hi, my name is Brendan Dickerson, and joining me, as always, is Joelle Nelson. Today, you'll be listening to our part two discussion with Rich Granger, who's the Managing Director of Workforce and Economic Development at Drive Ohio. Back in 2019, uh, I believe you gave a presentation at Texas A&M Transportation Institute, and one of the areas that was discussed was spatial mismatch. Can you unpack what that um, term means? And then um, you also give the listeners um, some additional information on what Drive Ohio is doing
1: to deal with that. Absolutely. So when we're talking about this term of spatial mismatch, which I did not create, I just read about it and kind of absorbed it, but it <laughs> describes something that we are um, that we are experiencing all around our state. It's the idea that the jobs are in one location and the workers may be somewhere else and the ability for those workers to get to the jobs may be limited for reasons that may be beyond their control. So I mean, put simply, there's a team up in Northeast Ohio that's tackling this and they call it the transportation paradox. The paradox is no car, no job, no job, no car. So if I don't have the job that I want, I can't afford a car. But if I don't have a car, I can't get, you know, it's just this back and forth. So how do we remove transportation barriers to make sure that everybody has a fair shot at, at good work? And, and in a lot of ways, it's more relevant than ever with now, you know, job shifting and, and everything changing around. And so what are some innovations in that space? And it does not always, everything is not solved by an automated vehicle. Even though that's, you know, a big part of our focus, I, I come back to the earlier part of the discussion of what are we, what are we solving for? What you know, in the world of startups, which is an area that I would never pretend to have taken the risk of starting my own business, but I can really appreciate all the, the thought that goes into that. You know, the classic startup mindset is pick a problem and solve it. And be real specific so the, the solutions that we're looking at in this uh, spatial mismatch space you know it can look like better transportation services maybe shuttles you know in southwest ohio back to the theme of logistics there's a lot of these logistics hubs popping up in the area of middletown and monroe mm-hmm. and so those partners work with the butler county regional transit agency uh, to come up with this innovative program called worklink where they're trying to get people. Uh, from outlying areas to these good paying jobs. So they were reaching into Southern Dayton and Northern Cincinnati uh, with a transit link. And so they've evolved that a few times since then because all innovation needs to be responsive to what the market tells you, but they're continuing to press ahead uh, with some innovative approaches there. Back to Northeast Ohio, the Paradox Prize is I think a really clever program that has put out this series of innovation prize uh, awards and so they've taken a series of proposals that have sometimes done things like repurposing church vans that are being unused during the week and so they're moving people from uh, one community over to a job hub well you can look at this one to two year uh, series of experiments they've been running up there and then look at the multiple years preceding that uh, it's been a very thoughtful approach that that 18 county region has taken it's the fund for our economic future that is, is leading that effort so they started by mapping out the job hubs before they even started the innovation pilot. So I think it's just a wonderfully designed multi-year investment in an sometimes almost seemingly intractable problem. But they've taken a very thoughtful approach. And then they've been clever in how they get the funding together. You've got the Greater Cleveland Partnership. You've got the National Workforce Solutions Fund. You've got all these layers of, of you know, public and private dollars kind of mixing together. And employers see this issue too because it reduces their cost of turnover when they have a reliable workforce so i mean you don't want to be too cold about it but you do have to look at the employer side of it as well as the employee side of it so if you get you know the, the workforce developers and, the, and, and where the, the, the talent lies and then you get the economic developers and where the the job sites are and you get them all talking together with transit and with uh, regional metropolitan planning organizations that's how you attack some of these systemic challenges and start to make some progress on.
2: And, it, and this kind of brings uh, something a little close to home to so, some of the work that I've been doing. I want to ask you a question about this because I currently work in an or- organization called the, uh, the STEM Industry Council. And the idea there is uh, we, we provide uh, internship opportunities to high school students and they're paid internship opportunities. So, you know, that's work based learning, um, exposure and experience for these students in the summer. Um, And one of the things that we've dealt with is the challenge of the gap between safe, affordable and reliable. You talked about all of these, you know, the, I don't think I got all of the uh, smart uh, acronym in there, but uh, transportation for high school students that are seriously interested in something, for example, like electrical engineering, but they live on the west side of Columbus and there's an internship opportunity at AEP in New Albany, and there's no way for them to Get there, um, and so you know, and and they may have to just you know what's been one of the most challenging things I've had to deal with in doing this work is the student having to say no to that opportunity because they can't get to it. For we think you know, just talking about our the K twelve environment in 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 Ohio is that something that Drive Ohio uh, is is looking at, and is there you know anything that they have come to conclusions with so far in relation to that? Because work workforce development now is kind of starting to co-mingle and integrate with just general education.
1: Yeah, so we're always on the hunt for areas where transportation is a barrier. And we've got some wonderful partnerships all across the state with, um, you know, through the Ohio STEM Learning Network. We've Uh, you know, connected with the Ohio Association for Career Tech Superintendents. For some of those connections, we talked with Butler Tech, for example, and uh, also in that kind of Monroe Middletown area, they were finding themselves in the transportation business as a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, it's inherent, but then it's amplified when you've got these career opportunities. And so, you know, in some cases, we may bring some solutions or some grant funding. In other cases, we just may bring a connection. So we have this statewide a group called the Drive Ohio Alliance. If you talk to us, you're in it. That's the way you get in. So it's not uh, like some big, you know. Okay. So so the idea is it's a mixture of industry, education, government, community organizations, nonprofits, stakeholders, anyone who's interested in the stuff that we've been talking about for the past many minutes here. And mm-hmm. so in that case, we connected a startup called Share Mobility with uh, Butler Tech. And they, I think, were able to do some some good pilot work and so you know, by having all these conversations, we can sometimes just be a connector. And if there's a role for us to get involved hands-on with part of the solution development, we'll do it. But you know back to that example of the paradox prize, mm-hmm. you know, most of, none of those innovation pilots are automated vehicles, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved because they're creating new patterns of mobility that lend mm-hmm. themselves to automation. So you know we're in the, uh, you know we're in this for the the long game when it comes to that so, yeah, with school transportation, I mean, we've seen other very uh, thoughtful startups and others taking innovative approaches. I know Empower Bus mm-hmm. was working on this for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, the, the pandemic did affect their operations, and they had to kind of close up, but the idea remains. And, and yeah. you, know, you talk about school transportation in particular, you've got layers of regulation in there that are appropriate, but can create some additional barriers, too. So it's, yeah. it's tricky, but it's, it's, it's important work that has to be figured out.
0: And to add on to that a little bit as well, um, I see recently that uh Drive Ohio has also you know, a project called, I believe, Fly Ohio. Mm-hmm. How is that, you know, interfacing with you know the all automated you know vehicles and the different things that you're doing with those projects? Um, so I feel like you know, going forward, that area is gonna be, you know, heavily invested in just with, you know, people want wanting their Amazon, you know, packages, you know, right then and there and um, also with just transportation as well. I, I believe Uber, uh, announced, was it, last year or so that, you know, uh, they're doing, going to be doing helicopters. So, um, is there going to be anything such as that coming here in Ohio? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I mean, well, we'll see about the, the
1: helicopter stuff. I'll, I'll tell you that we, we want to give our state an unfair advantage as these technologies develop. Uh, we, we want to be a leader and, and we think we are. And so when you talk about the fly Ohio portfolio, it is the in the air component of all the cutting edge work that we're doing for this definition of smart mobility that we keep talking about. And so uh, some specific examples, I I referenced some of this earlier, you've got a great collaboration between the state of Ohio and the Air Force Research Laboratory came together to to deploy the sky vision system. What does it do? It It triangulates three different FAA radars in Southwest Ohio to create this large airspace where they can do air traffic control for small unmanned aircraft that could be used for package delivery and eventually pave the way for for people movement. And so you, you think about, you know, when, when we get into classrooms, I mean, I've had a blast talking with fourth graders about this stuff down in Cincinnati. They were just hitting me up with all these questions about, you know, <laughs> We, we went in there to talk about all this stuff, and then we just did drones for like 45 minutes. Well, let's do it. Let's go there. It's, it, it's we love to talk about it. But That's I so challenge cool. them to, to answer. Okay, all right. Pretend you're you're the manager of that Chipotle restaurant, and you got to deliver that burrito. How are you going to do it? Like, no kidding. What are you going to do? Well, I need to hire somebody. I need to have a flight plan. I need to have FAA clearance. Wait a minute. Whoa. I'm just I'm just working at this restaurant. How do I do all that? So we don't pretend to have all that figured out. But air traffic control is the point. That's one of the missing pieces to make this go at scale. Because if you imagine all these package delivery vehicles moving through the air, at some point, you've got to deconflict all that. The way that they do it right now is you you have line of sight. But if you go beyond line of sight, that's what Sky Vision is all about. And so we've got a series of headlines hitting the news every few months of more uh, commercial partners that are deploying down there. The original deployment was for a healthcare application. It was for organ delivery you wanna talk about something that needs to go from point A to point B quickly and securely, there's there's a use case that others around the globe have been testing out. And so Vertex did some testing with us in that space. For package delivery, uh, for commercial applications, Drone Express just recently announced a similar deployment they did in that same Springfield testbed down there. Uh, what's next in that space? Look at, if you wanna check it out, there's this initiative with the Air Force called Agility Prime. And so this is a statewide push uh, between the governor's office, the economic developers at Jobs Ohio, the whole Fly Ohio team to get um, Ohio involved from the beginning of what they're calling flying orbs, moving people. That's that's the, the ambition of that program. And the analogy I would draw is to the DARPA grand challenges about 10 or 15 years ago that kicked off the self-driving car industry. That's where that all started. So you want to talk about the, birth, the, the birthplace of people movement in the sky with unmanned aircraft. We're, we're making a strong pitch to have the Dayton-Springfield area be right in the middle of that. And our work is not limited to that region. I mean, we are statewide. We're talking about uh, studies for an I-71 corridor for package movement. Uh, We're talking about uh, all sorts of different applications along US-33. Ohio State has the lead on an unmanned traffic management program that's complementary to all the other work happening along US-33. So the Aerospace Research Center at Ohio State has the lead on that. Passive radar system that's creating a more scalable, flexible air traffic control system. Uh, so there's just you keep peeling back the the layers, and there's a lot of work going on that's meant to be foundational to keep Ohio at the cutting edge. Because the industry sectors that we talk about here, you've got automotive, aerospace, and logistics. If you picture those as an overlapping Venn diagram, all three of those industries are are coming together tighter than they've ever been, and those are three major drivers of the state's economy. So we're making sure our team talks across all those different spaces that so we're not getting siloed in one particular area that we don't get surprised by a change in one area that could affect another.
2: And that, that, that kind of hits
1: on uh, a
2: point that I think was, is really important for our listeners, particularly those in the K-12 environment uh, to kind of make the connection on, which is problem-based learning, right? And the ability to, to have an agile mindset. Um, in terms of, you know, yeah. how do I solve this problem now, you know, it's a similar problem in in package movement as it is in food service. Right. I mean, these are always there's things that are trying are kind of melding together, but they really the bigger thing is we have a challenge. We need to solve that challenge. Um, can you just um, talk a little bit about how problem based learning is uh, how important it is to um, the k-12 environment now particularly in producing a workforce that is ready to essentially be problem solvers and um, that are and workers that are agile enough to be able to think about things in a holistic point of view as opposed to be being just strictly focused on engineering or computer science or, or whatnot
1: I, I i'm so glad you asked that because to me that- and agile mindset is the definitive 21st century skill. If you pair that up with strong emotional intelligence, you're good to go. You're all set. I mean, that's uh, my personal opinion is you can you can understand how to, how to operate with other human beings, and then you know what you're good at, and you can solve problems, even if they're weird, wicked problems that have different dimensions to them. I mean, you're ready for anything that this, that this world can throw at you, and my goodness, in the past six months... I, I think we're all saturated. We can't take any more change, but it's <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it, it keeps on coming anyway. So, I mean, when you talk about problem-based learning, when I was teaching Capstone for a semester in engineering at OSU, I mean, I would, I would tell our student teams, you may not realize it, but you are in a class about problem solving. You are making decisions every day, and you're, you're in a class about pr- solving problems and making decisions. And so the, the mental tools that we would encourage them to use is to ask yourself, if I had to make a decision right now, what decision would I make and why? Now, if I would benefit from more information, I could go get that information. What information will you go get? And when do you really need to make the decision? Mm -hmm. So taking that approach, I mean, we try to use that in in our project management, our live projects, but when we're in the classroom, you know, we had wonderful opportunities through the Ohio STEM Learning Network during the prior school year uh, through their statewide design challenge. We were fortunate enough to have smart mobility chosen as the theme. We were a partner with them. So we were, while we were still allowed to, we were in classrooms with these students having these really rich discussions about, you know, I had teams of um, teams of middle schoolers and younger down in Chillicothe solving parking lot problems and traffic flow problems. And so we were hitting them up with these questions of who would you go talk to? Who owns this decision? So, you know and empowers these students to say i can make a difference in my community even by having the conversation we get the adults you know in my in my whether it's school administrators or in the community we had some of these kids talking to the mayor's office or city planners uh you know going to talk to the 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 fleet manager or the school buses i mean whatever the the thing was that we were working on the the, the, my opinion they're never too young to have a problem-based learning opportunity thrown at them uh, with, with ideally some some industry mentors along for the ride. I mean, we saw a, a team of kindergarten students, uh, either kindergarten or first grade down in the Cincinnati region, uh, come up with a solution to a problem they had where that kid was frustrated they couldn't buckle themselves in their car seat. So they came up with a, a, a little bit of a mechanical design to fix that. Wow. And now they're, they're, it's, it's a legit problem that we may be able to introduce to some OEMs at some point, and it started with some, you know, elementary school students. So pretty powerful stuff. Wow. So if, if I'm a student, you know,
0: teacher or educator, you know, how can I make sure that, you know, I know about these opportunities that are happening, you know, Wood Drive, Ohio, and just, you know, some of the emerging projects as well too, you know, how, how can I stay, stay informed as you know, you guys are innovating?
1: Sure, so we've kind of named off some of the partners. And so I'd say just fill up your social media with, with some of these partner organizations and you'll see what they're up to, you know, for example, the Ohio STEM Learning Network will be doing another design challenge this year. It'll look a little different. This year's theme—I'm not sure if I'm allowed to spill the beans yet on what it'll be—but it'll be a good oh, one. Oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, I think by the time this airs, they'll launch it. In. But it's all about energy. It'll be about energy. Okay. All right. And, and, and so, um, and Drive Ohio is now in the electrification space. I didn't even really mention that earlier, but we're—we mm. did a statewide study. On electric vehicle charging, so you'll be hearing more from all of these partners about um, how you can get involved in the discussion about energy in your community. Uh, so, so watch their feed, um, pick your local science center, and follow them, and see how you can get involved. Um, you know, some of your other podcast guests are doing wonderful work that that we aspire to get more involved with. Um, you know, I know I didn't make it all the way through. Listening to Doug McCullough's interview, but the work he's doing with the Black Tech 614 group is just fantastic. Adopting a school and leaning into that stuff. Um, you know, we we wanna we wanna work with partners like that. Follow our feeds. Uh, you know, if, if you know someone that wants to be a Drive Ohio ambassador, reach out to us. We've got a, an email address. It's workforce at drive.ohio.gov. People can get a hold of us that way. Uh, we try to be kind of just wide open with our you know, communications on this stuff to make sure people can find a way to, to get involved with us. That's wonderful.
2: And if I am a middle school or high school student and I'm interested in the work that Drive Ohio is doing, uh, all the expansive areas that you are uh, kind of touching, and we, we've, we've hit on this already a number of different times, but to, to, to kind of synthesize this point, uh, what are the programs of study or career paths or even extracurricular things that I might want to invest in? Uh, should I want to uh, start to map out my, my college and career opportunities going forward? What are the things that I can look at right now that will kind of prepare me for that
1: pathway? So I would I would start with a question that I think can be pretty easily answered. What is it about the description we've just given about smart mobility that interests you the most. Is it Mm -hmm. the idea to, you know, is it driving the vehicle? Is it maintaining the vehicle? Is it doing some of the coding and software analyzing the data or telling a story? So kind of make sure you've got some grounding in what it is about it that interests you, but don't feel like it's gotta be some five page essay like back to that decision-making, make a decision, tell me right now, what interests you? Mm -hmm. And then find some activities that might help you lean into that a little bit more and make some connections. Don't be shy. You know, I mean, when I'm in classrooms, I, I will watch for those students that are really latched on. And I'll, you know, back when we were going into classrooms, I'd hand them a business card and I'd say, reach yeah. out to me. No, really. And some of them did. And every, time, every <laughs> single one that did, I would almost blow up their inbox with like, let's talk. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say, don't be shy about finding those mentors and industry contacts early. And as far as types of programs to latch on to, I mean, FIRST Robotics is a wonderful program that's, that's scaled up pretty well um Mm -hmm. you know we we look at uh, types of things that osln offers we we've got uh you know some schools have coding clubs you know uh, we're really trying to find those girls who code clubs and really lean into that and and Mm -hmm. get involved there um there's uh all sorts of you know different focused partners that uh we could probably go on and on but um that's Mm -hmm. that's i would say the start is just making those solid connections and finding a a mentor that can maybe give you some more advice and are there
2: ways for say i'm a a teacher in in those same grades right in in middle my middle school or a high school teacher and i want to connect because i want to be more informed to be able to then inform my students are are those same uh avenues the best way to go about it are there more avenues for educators that are are interested in this in this work
1: yeah, so for example, this the Ohio STEM Learning Network Design Challenge is open to all schools. You don't have to be STEM designated, so that's always okay. an option. Even if we don't have the bandwidth, my job is to say yes and then find the bandwidth. You know, at drive <laughs> Ohio. We can Great. we can develop <laughs> we can develop programs with motivated educators. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. educators up in northern Ohio that, I mean, they they would sometimes hit me up once a week and they'd always apologize. I say, don't apologize. It is your job to be aggressive on behalf of your students. So Mm -hmm. we've got smart mobility concepts all around the state. I could almost guarantee you that if you told me, you know, we've had uh, teachers from up around Ashtabula say, we want to get involved. Well, guess what? We're deploying tech along Interstate 90 in the Snow Belt to detect Mm -hmm. lake effect conditions. So we've had students get involved with some concept work and student high school capstone work around that. We can you know custom develop a problem-based learning um you know we may reach a point where i get saturated and, but then that's a good excuse to go for a grant application right so i mean we can we can solve for this at scale the, the goal is just to get the word out and find motivated educators and we'll work with anybody wow and that's great to hear I like i like what you said there in terms
2: of it is your job as educators to be aggressive on behalf of your students right so don't be afraid to ask that is a a huge huge piece uh, there. You know, I, I feel like we've covered so much and I have a whole bunch of other questions, but I won't be aggressive. Uh, I don't have any students, uh, but I think we, um, we've come to the end of our time, but I want to, I want to thank you for your time and just giving us, a, you know, kind of opening up the envelope of, of what Drive Ohio does and the opportunities there are to connect with what Drive Ohio does. I mean, it seems so, Futuristic uh, in terms of the work that you all are doing, but it's, it really isn't it's, again it goes back to problem solving right and just looking at new ways to solve problems and and I I appreciate the fact that you're uh, engaging um, Students and uh, young and young people across the educational spectrum uh, into the work as well. I think that's a huge overlap that's that's needed because as we solve problems, like you said, there, there, you know, it's going to take some time for the solution to eventually come. And those young people are when they're going to be the workforce <laughs> that's going to be re- responsible uh, for for doing, uh, you know, doing the work and fixing the, you know, fixing the the tools and so on and so forth. Uh, as we end here, do you have any parting words for particularly our educators and our students? Um, in terms of the work that you all are doing and, and and how it will kind of how it impacts their kind of educational experience
1: well i think you set it up perfectly Joel, by pointing out that it's their problem to solve and when you when you try to put up get out your crystal ball and predict when this automation is really going to take root <clears throat> it can take sometimes a few decades is what some people predict well you think about students that are in elementary or middle school right now when they when they enter the workforce it's their problem to solve with, with with this technology and so I guess I would close by advocating that stem starts early and if there is one thing that I want to see happen it's deployment of this type of stem programming at the pre-k level for everybody and so th- there's a great s- study out there that was funded by the National Science Foundation called stem starts early and I mean that is that is it's a shame I didn't bring it up earlier, but it's like this fire that burns really hot for me. It's something that I just couldn't believe more strongly that if you start early, just good things keep happening. And you got to reinforce it. You can't just attack it at one part of the spectrum. You got to just consistently. But if the earlier you start, the less you're playing catch up later. So I would maybe close by advocating for never be afraid to start early and both students and teachers should never be afraid. Be bold and, and the future will be kind to you.
2: All right. Well, we want to thank you for your time. And we want to thank everyone um, with Drive Ohio. Um, and particularly, like I said, um, for Rich Granger, uh, Managing Director for Workforce and Economic Development at Drive Ohio for joining us today uh, for this recording of the Digital from Day One podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Digital from Day One podcast make sure to visit our website at go.osu.edu forward slash digital day one. That's the number one where you can find out how to subscribe, more information about our guests and more information about our team. As always, we love to know what you think. Use the feedback form on the website or shoot us an email at digital from day one at osu.edu. The one is actually spelled out here or simply give us a rating on iTunes. And we'd appreciate if you tell a friend about our little show here too. There's more to come from our guests in this episode, so be on the lookout for that. I'm Joel Nelson, along with Brendan Dickerson, and let's continue to make the connections to Opportunity Stronger. Until next time, everybody.